This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, welcome to Drinking with Authors, the literary briefs episode. I'm your only host today, Erica Lance, and it's not because people don't like me. (laughs) (laughs) Thought I'd predicate with that. So we're doing an extra special episode because we have the opportunity in the time of COVID to actually meet with a couple of our authors because they uh, live locally and they have been quarantined, self-quarantined, and we just decided to take a break and... You know this is the intro, right? <laughs> I just had to say that. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> anyway, hi. Welcome to the Literary Briefs episode. I'm your host, Erica Lance. So, my guest today, as you probably already heard in the background, was Honey Cummings, who's here, and Grayson Ace. Woo, Honey Cummings, Grayson Ace. Hey. So, let's talk about what we're drinking for a minute. So, I've been drinking Blue Moon with oranges in them because I'm super fucking bougie. Mm-hmm. So I put the oranges in them. Erica got me drunk on Rosa Regalia again. She knows it's my kryptonite. It is your kryptonite. And then and we're, doing, we're doing peach mimosas. Which is fucking amazing. Okay, so literary briefs, rapid fire questions. Ooh, no. So the cool thing is I'm going to bounce back and forth since I have two authors here so oh, that one gets to think excited. about the answer. This is trouble. Yes. Um, uh, honey, what is your favorite erotic book? Favorite erotic book? Super secret confession time. I never read any. <laughs> You're supposed to say your own. You're, you could say Grayson's. Like, there's so much bullshit you could make up right I, now. I know. I think the closest I got was you. Uh, didn't you read Beauty and the <laughs> the Beauty and the Beast and Rice one? Right, but the, it wasn't my favorite. If it's the only one you've read, though, it's your favorite. But you just said you did, oh. haven't read one. Right, but I've read fantasy novels that have raunchy scenes. Does okay, what counts? is your favorite fantasy novel with a raunchy scene in it? I kind of like how a guy by James Clavell was written. It was like a soap opera, man. There was shit. People were screwing each other just to give them STDs and kill them off. It was great. Okay, Grayson, I, I have to fucking move on at this <laughs> point. What is your favorite erotic novel? My favorite is... My Home on Whore Island by mm. Dahlia Lance. <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you, thank you. What is your least favorite erotic book, Val? Claiming of Sleeping Beauty. She four times in the same paragraph back to back, and now I'm like, da 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 da. It feels like a broken record. Um, so, and then, you know, trying to vary up your sentence structure so it's not redundant and varying up your, your vocab words. Like, you can only say dick and pussy so many times before it's just, like, it loses the momentum or the sexiness that, or even that whole taboo thing that you might be going for. If you overuse it, it loses that potency. And I think that's, the, that would, that would be my pet peeve. That makes sense. What about you, Grayson? Same. It's, it's the redundancy. So using the same words over and over again, or, you know, breaking down your paragraph, but starting every sentence the same way, rather than describing the characters in different way, using different words, using their name, pronouns, things like that. You have to keep it engaging. Good. 
I love it. Oh, I just thought of a really weird question. I just realized one of the, the, the weird things about being the singular host is normally during this episode, I have somebody that helps me recover from the fact that I suck at this. <laughs> so it's fine. But um, how important do you think sex education is in schools? Look at that. Did you see? From Erotica's Ooh. standpoint, Grayson. You know, I think it's very important. So, you know, as a gay man, I find, you know, safe sex, safe sex practices, very important. Um, you know, so I go get tested regularly, you know, specific medications that are, you know, meant to use, you know, to prevent certain STDs. I think sex education is, is very important because if we don't start in the younger years, then, you know, our, our teenagers, our children, they're never going to learn these things. Agreed, Val. Oh, I'm a mom. Honey. <laughs> Honey, come Tell us about sex education. Uh, I'm always afraid that my kids are going to figure out that I write this stuff, and that's how they're <laughs> going to learn, and then I have to, like, no, 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 babies. There's no turning into Sasquatch when this happens. <laughs> you don't get to do this. You, no, you don't get to do this. No, it doesn't last that long. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, I think it's important... Um, to always have like a realistic open open mind about it and if you don't feel comfortable like your pediatrician like there you have resources out there because i i can understand where parents are afraid to have that talk or mess up that talk but there's books out there uh i know my personal sex education was my mom goes here here's a book and that's how i learned it all it had pictures <laughs> so many pictures <laughs> Um, but, um, you know, there, it's not where it's dependent on you just having the conversation. If you're not comfortable with that, that conversation, you don't have to rely on the school either is when the kid's curious, that's, that's the time to kind of, all right, let's start on level one basics. And if they ask more questions, that gives you an idea of how to build up from there and answer those and answer them honestly and make them understand, you know, um, the pros and cons of, of a lot of that stuff. But like I said, if you're a parent who's struggling with that conversation, use your pediatrician, your doctors, they're more than happy to have that conversation or guide that conversation. You also have books and resources that a lot of parents didn't have back in the day. So it's a, it's a very different, I think, dynamic for parents today talking about sex education um, versus what it's been in the past. Agreed. And now um, to bounce the questions around, how important do you think it is talking about safe sex in erotica books? I think it's very important because um, even though I'm talking about Chupacabra uh, and then there's... You don't know where he's been. (laughs) There's an implication. <laughs> there's an implication of their people too, um, and they worry about stuff like that, um, and have characters acknowledge those things. I know in my urban erotic uh, fairy tales, the safe sex is often discussed. Um, like they're in the heat of the moment, and one of them goes, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! We're about to fuck this up big time. Give me." Give me two seconds to, to let's get this settled. And then they go right back to it because I want to express that including safe sex, condoms, whatever your, your, your choice is, uh, as part of the discussion, whether you're already in the moment or before the moment, doesn't make it lose the romance. And I think that's a, a huge misconception. 
that that if you discuss it when it's already started, that you can't stop it now. No, that there there's always it's better late than never kind of scenario. Um, and when it comes to safe sex, and I, and that's something I want to promote in my work, that even in the heat of the moment, or when you get to the next stage of your play, that it's okay to stop and take that two minutes to take care of business. I agree. Uh, Grayson? I mean, I'm going to be honest, in you know the six of my books that have been written, I think there's only two scenes <gasps> yeah, no, just... where safe sex is discussed. But a lot of them you know, kind of go into the choices behind, you know, why these specific scenes don't include condoms, um, you know, but it's very prevalent in the scenes that do include sex, safe sex choices, why those choices are being made. No, and I think, I think it is an important point and not, oh my God, you have a responsibility to the author, uh, the readers. Yeah, our, our readership in erotica should be 18 and up. Not that people younger don't read it and we're not judging you, but legally you're supposed to be 18 and up if you're reading our books. Yes. So, please. you know, but I think it's important where there's sometimes a societal lacking on understanding of points, safe sex being one of them, or different things. Or even like, um, Grayson, you discussed that you previously had had heterosexual relationships and then you realized you were gay and had, or you already knew you were gay. I'm not going to, we're not going down that rodeo on literary briefs, but um, then you had that. I think it's important to have some education around it, especially for people who maybe don't understand what they're experiencing and what they're feeling or how to approach it or ways to do it where they feel safe and comfortable talking about some of the topics that are in erotica books and even what's comfortable to them. Do you find that you, you make a point of describing uh, the experience for the person and also the mental experience for the person as they're going through the sexual part? Yeah. You know, if sex very much, even for me personally is a very mental thing. So, you know, in, in trying to, you know, create this experience for the reader, um, you know, the point of my books is not to educate the reader. It's to entertain the reader, you know, so we really want it to kind of feel very natural, um, you know, so when these sex scenes are happening, you know, that's kind of the reason why uh, condoms never are really involved in my sex scenes. In my personal life, yes, if I'm going to have, you know, an experience with someone new, condoms are always involved. Um, but in the scenes, you know, when you're kind of trying to to create that fantasy, I agree with what Valerie says where, you know, when you take that minute or that two minutes to, you know, kind of backtrack, it doesn't, it doesn't break the fantasy. It doesn't break the romanticism behind it. Um, but, you know, in, in gay culture, like we all know, and, you know, even for heterosexual people, it feels better, you know, when you're not using a condom. Like it's, that, that's a fact. It's true. However, we're going to put the disclaimer on that. Yes. That safe sex is the most important Absolutely. because having herpes doesn't necessarily feel good. It's kind so, of like glitter. It never goes away. Yeah. Glitter is the best thing ever. And I'm not arguing with you about this on the podcast. <laughs> so another point I wanted, um, uh, that I wanted to ask a question on. I had it. Give me one and a half seconds. I'm going to go back to it. Wow, that do, was good. Do you want me to answer the question? I didn't get to answer that question. I had a good answer. I She's just going to answer it. anyways. 
Okay, Honey Cummings, would you like to answer that question? I think writing erotica helps people put um, their desires into ver- words. So if you think about it, it's no one teaches you how to talk about sex with your sexual partner and how to discuss your dislikes and likes. But when you read an erotica, that's exactly what's happening. They're either thinking it or they're verbalizing it or showing how you can verbalize exchanging that, hey, I like it when you do the thing. I know it's weird, (laughs) but there's something about when you lick my ears that just makes everything go crazy. Like, it's, it's okay to express, especially with who you're being intimate with, what your likes and dislikes are because it enhances the moment quite a bit. So um, I well, just want to... No, I do. And I do like enhancing the moment. Enhancing. Yes. Enhancing. How do you build anticipation in your stories? Um, I, I like to tell a story. So because I'm like trying to tie in some sort of plot because that's just who I am, um, I kind of like... Foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Like, you know shit's going to go down because I'm hinting that he, like, like, let's take the sleeping with Sasquatch. So we know that the boyfriend's like, oh, yeah, baby, we're totally going to have a hot weekend. We're going to have a hot weekend. And she's like, but why are you putting all these, this camera equipment? Like, what's with all the, the tubs of equipment? What's What's with the Sasquatch book bag and... And he's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're just going to have a good weekend, baby. And she's dressed in like a bikini and Daisy Dukes. And he's like in full like hunter mode. Uh, And you already know that you're already anticipating what's going to happen next. They're going to get out there and he's going to be like, bye. And she's going to be like, I'm fucking horny. (laughs) And he's gone. I, um, I actually legitimately now want a Sasquatch book bag based on what you just said. <laughs> so I'm going to need you to yeah, yeah. accommodate that. Yeah. Okay. Grayson, how do you build anticipation? You know, I think it's about building up the tension between characters. So, you know, in my stories, a, a character may be introduced, but it doesn't mean that, you know, in that same part of the story that that's when the two characters are going to have an intimate experience. So it's kind of about, you know, in introducing that character at some point and, you know, almost building up that sexual tension, kind of like we do in real life and then letting it just kind of naturally play out. I like it. Okay. So I thought of the question I had earlier <gasps> that I thought of you this did. one. So, um, this ought to be good. <laughs> it, it is. You're going to enjoy this. So if you could pick a sexual product that would have grace and ace on it, what would be that product? Like, what would be the branded product that, oh say, gosh. Adam and Eve would sell that you think would be representatory of, I don't even know if that's a word, but of your book? Good Lord. That's <laughs> such a tough question. You know, because the, the, the main character in my book is kind of all over the place. So, you know, I would have to say it would... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Look you at got him. Oh, got I did. Him. You got me oh, on that one. Um, you know, it would probably be lube. So mm-hmm. because lube is, uh, you know, is the sexual product that is very prominent. In, it's all over the place. In every single, um, every single interaction experience within the books. You know, we don't really talk about a lot of other 
you know, different sexual products. So, you know, the number one Ace Lube. The number one Ace Lube. Ace Lube. Um, Ace Lube. Honey Cummings. What would it be? Point. Um, considering my, my pen name is Honey Cummings, it would probably be like, uh, the vibrating honeybee. <laughs> I was thinking of like honey, honey, like nipple balm. Ooh, honey, honey nipple flavored balm. nipple balm. I've used it before. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason why I know of it. <laughs> and then we broke her again. Oh, you guys. Oh, my heart can't handle this. So, uh, the, you know, Grayson, you write short stories. Do you, when you're coming up with a story idea, do you plot it out at all? Do you do an outline whatsoever? Or do you just kind of come up with where you want to go? Because your stories are roughly ten to 12,000 words, so they're right. shorter stories. But do you outline them? Because you've got 12 books in this series, so you have an arc. You know where it's going. So we have, you know, all, all 12 stories in the series were named at one point. So we kind of knew what the general idea of each story would be. Um, you know, rather than outlining, I kind of do a character list and here's what we're going to hit. And here's going to kind of be like the general topic of the book is going to align with the title of the book. Um, but what I do is the books where they end, you know, where book five ended book six picks up. So although you could you could pick any book up at any point and it's still going to be a really great read in order to get the full life cycle of Dr. Cage, you have to read them um, in order from one to twelve. Awesome. What was the question? The question was outlining, honey. Outlining. I outline everything. Oh, my God. I like so I'm used to doing like 80k novels, but I'm I'm trying to behave and only keep it to 25k for these. Um, the 10k story is a little easier because what I do is only focus on a singular character POV. But for the novellas, the urban legend Sasquatch type stuff, I I kind of like bouncing between the two characters. So whoever's having the shifter crisis and need to fuck to, to fix it, and then the jilted lover. So. It's kind of fun because I've learned that when you head hop back and forth each chapter, it gives me a chance to like spread a sex scene between two chapters where I can show all his internal dialogue and his reactions and likes and dislikes and then switch off and show her side and what she and how they sometimes either line up or contrast. And I think that that allows that material to appeal both to male and female readers because I do it that way. Um, but it also helps me as a writer because what would normally just take a chapter, I get to kind of like slow down and, and decode it a little bit deeper than what I probably would have done otherwise. That makes sense. We've talked a little bit about um, duplicating things. So I'm not going to ask you on the editing process where you guys have a, a situation, right? Uh -huh. But um, instead, I'm going to say, um, let's talk about, so you have Dr. Cage. Have you figured out what you're going to do after Dr. Cage? I haven't, no. You know, we're still fully, fully kind of, you know, in the Dr. Cage chronicle, so... Uh, I have no clue what's going to come next. But you that. got to write a holiday story for the first time this year and include it in the XXXmas yes. Unwrap Me Erotica me. series. Dun, dun, dun. What was that like, kind of deviating and going down um, uh, a path that, and it wasn't necessarily part of the arc, right? So 
You know, it was a lot of fun because I, you, for one, everybody knows Christmas is my favorite time of year. So I actually, you know, I still used the Dr. Cage character in the Christmas story. And I created this whole other, you know, completely fictional side story about Dr. Cage's experience with this one other individual. Um, you know, and it was a little bit of, you know, it was erotic, but it was also a little bit more of a love story between the two of them. And it was really cool to tie in, um, a lot of, you know, Christmas euphemisms, um, you know, and really kind of just get a little creative with it, have a little wit with it. Um, and one cool thing I did is even though that was a separate story, that character in that anthology um, has now been tied in to my sixth book of the Dr. Cage Chronicles. So if you want to know the background of that character, you do have to go back uh, to the XXX book to find out what exactly happened between Dr. Cage and this character. You got, did you include any of the storylines in your XXXmas story? No. <laughs> no. Did you just now realize that would have been a good idea? Well, I mean, it it's on par probably closer to a lot of how I, I write my urban erotica fairy tales. So all of my erotica includes some sort of insane humor. And this one I kind of had fun exploring a concept that some people like to be like embarrassed or picked on as a fetish. And so it's her trying to like doll herself up and then he's like trying to feign stupid about it. And she's like, look, you have to unwrap me, you know, cause she's in lingerie and she's got her hands tied behind her back with ribbons. And he says, well, come here, turn around, come closer. And he like tightens it all the way. And she's like, Jimbo, what are you doing? Uh, and then he becomes Please like, tell me that's not the voice you imagined her having in your head. That's not so a very sexy, sexy voice there. Sorry. Honey so, Get out! Linda! Get over there! That sounds like a mother being upset. Yeah, exactly. Is that... Wait, no. But, I, gotta, I gotta ask. Was that the voice you imagined in your no. head? No! This is what came out. It's not a sultry. Oh, no, Jim. Oh, no, not Jim. Jim. Oh. I guess it depends on Sounds like a Muppet. But he's like, and she's like, no, you're supposed to unwrap me. I'm your Christmas present. And he's like, well, Christmas is for seven days, so I guess I'll see you then. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that kind of humor. Um, But, but, you know, like you were saying uh, in the previous podcast, like, it it gives us a chance to kind of explore stuff and fictionalize it and, and do things that maybe we wouldn't act out, but explore it a little bit and our readers get to explore it with us. I like it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a final wrap up question, and then you get to talk about it. Who would play Doctor Cage? What star out there would you pick to play Doctor Cage? I don't care if he's um, uh, identifies at least publicly right now as straight or gay, but who would you want to be Doctor Cage? It would be Bradley Cooper. You know oh. that is that is kind of that has you know literally I. I never really thought of it because I was like, oh, I would play Dr. Cage, of course. Um, you know, <laughs> but when it's... you ask that question, literally he's the first person that comes to mind. And that's, you know, kind of the the embodiment that I have in mind as I'm writing the stories. I like it. This... Like Mason Bradley Cooper. 
Okay, so Val. But uh, I have different characters in every I'm going to give you two characters. Oh, no. Which yes. Two? I would like to know who you think should play Biff. Channing Tatum, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Because it, And it's only because of his role in Logan Lucky that he could pull off that whole, um, you know, cute country, you know, sweetheart kind of angle. Because that's how Biff is and Biff's described. He's, he's a little, he's also a jilted lover, you know, because the girl broke up with him uh, just before the whole night of shifting and that's probably what kind of caused his issues okay so i'm gonna ask the name of a character that's been a little side character that does have her own book coming up but who'd play red oh red that's a harder one i know that's why i asked the question we ask the we ask the difficult questions here on drinking she kind of takes (laughs) a little bit of a main part in the pied piper's pipe (laughs) Um, <laughs> Mr. Who, who Erica loves because his, the Pied Piper's catchphrase is good gravy. Good gravy. <laughs> good gravy, girl. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, God. that's what she's going to put on the honeybee bullet is good gravy. Good gravy. <laughs> like uh, every, everything that gravy. comes gravy, like, sex gravy. Every, every actress that comes into mind is like, Sharon Stone, Michelle Pfeiffer. You don't really have so anyone who who there's no current actress that really but we're going back old school. Yeah. Um, like, you know, the legs, man, the legs. She would have to have legs. Well, most actresses do have legs. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I do. Why would this you? be like a Diane Keaton type thing? Yeah, maybe. She has legs. She has legs. legs. They're pretty legs, actually. Yeah. Okay. It would be someone with pretty legs. Is that a thing? So, uh, okay, now we've officially gotten weird. So it's kicking to my bench. (laughs) I was trying to do a high kick (laughs) to show you my legs. (laughs) Grayson's like, I could be a part of it. I I have legs. He's going to be red. He's tavern. Okay, so let's talk about how to find you guys for the fans out there that are listening. Grayson, how do people find you? Yeah, you know, the best way to find me is on Instagram at GraysonAceOfficial. I have recently discovered Instagram. I'm doing really well with it. Uh, also on Facebook. All marriage proposals should go to Instagram at Grace and Ace with Instagram. an A. Instagram, I may accept some, I may not. Um, and also on Facebook, Grace and Ace. Awesome. Uh, honey, how do people find you? Oh, man. Let's see. AuthorHoneyCummings.com is the website, and that should lead you to most of my social media, but I believe I'm Author Honey Cummings on Instagram, Author Honey Cummings 2, because someone stole it out from under me on Twitter. Um, on Facebook. I just think you misspelled it, but that's okay. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and then uh, author Honey Cummings on Facebook, um, and also author Honey Cummings at gmail.com. Yes, and guys, I suggest signing up for their newsletters. Grayson's yes. getting his newsletter set up. Honey's, Honey has her set up. And also, they both have author pages on Amazon, so you can follow them and find out when all of the new releases are coming out. So this has been. Look at me on camera. Look, I know where the mic is. This has been drinking with. Shut up. This has been drinking with authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance, and we will see you next time.